0: Ho, 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 and this is Oliver for another Christmas special 2020 Advent Calendar with Camille Tutti Frutti. Again in Sweden, very well lit and in her black and white setup, where I'm more in the colored setup. And we are talking about a book that means something special to Camille today. Welcome.
1: Thank you so much. I always appreciate it talking with you it's always fun
0: thank you i enjoy it as well um i just talked german before so might be (laughs) my tongue is getting twisted
1: oh no i know i know you know having all these languages in my head you know it's finnish it's swedish it's uh english of course so sometimes it's a little bit of french and sometimes it's a little bit of spanish so sometimes it all gets mixed up
0: right you want to say something and it comes up in another language
1: (laughs) yes yes that happens a lot to me actually
0: yeah (laughs) so um yeah but let's go into your book otherwise um, we're going to talk about languages and uh, other stories so what kind of book did you choose for us today and uh, why did you choose that book
1: so i chose a book that is um Uh, a true crime book because I am insanely curious so I like to solve puzzles you know I'm always interested in people's um, stories so I'm a storyteller by nature so I chose this book by Greg Olson called If You Tell a True Story a Murder Family Secrets and the Unbreakable Bond of Sisterhood Um, and it's it actually was almost like a gateway drug into into the other books that greg olson who is a former journalist has written and he is an amazing storyteller um i just devoured a book and uh, i can go into what it actually is about so in the 1990s early 1990s uh, there was a family living in washington um State in the u s um, three sisters um, who had a very sadistic and abusive mother, and it really tells the story of them surviving um, you know a mother who actually turned to murder she actually murdered several people and ended up, ended up in in prison so the the story isn 't you know all about the you know how how um a sick a person can be or what kind of sadistic behavior they're they're um, displaying it's really about how do you survive something like that and make a life afterward. so um i just loved reading about you know the three sisters that went through this and were actually not only able to survive but thrive in the aftermath of their mother's um, abusive, abusive behavior and murderous behavior. What I also really liked about it was the writing. I mean, he, uh, Greg Olson is a, is a former journalist who turned true crime writer. So I started reading after I had read this book, I was so impressed that I actually went and read all of his books. And I think he had like maybe 20 and every single one was good. So it's very rare that I find an author that I just truly love and that has like super high quality books.
0: Okay, so how did you find that book?
1: You know, I read a lot on on my Kindle, so I, you know, Amazon Prime in the US offers uh Kindle Unlimited. So I just read, sometimes I read free books. They're usually not very good, but this was just, you know, it was one of those authors that decided to make their books free and I picked up the first one and I couldn't put it down. And then I just decided to buy every single single ebook after that by this author. Um, so that's how I really came across it. Um, and the first, was a a true crime story right so this ha- really happened and then i read the rest of his stories that were more novels like murder mysteries so he was really able to kind of capture me at that with that first book and then i went on like i said i i just had to read the rest of his books because i was so impressed with his writing
0: wow so do you know if that true crime story was This is a warning of a time for him because all the others are novels and fiction.
1: No, he has written other uh, true crime stories, yes. Um, But I think he has more novels than, um, you know, more of the, you know, accounting uh, uh, of, of true life, pretty
0: much. Okay. So I was just wondering if it was like a a one-of-a-kind book for him that he gave it for free so to lure the people into his other uh, style of writing. No,
1: he actually had other books for free. I mean, he's a New York Times bestseller. Um, I don't know. I, I guess it was to, you know, open up to a wider audience that might not first be into that, who were just looking for free books um i i mean as i mentioned you know i i read a lot of books you know i read a couple hundred books every year not this year actually yeah i'm i'm a very very fast reader in what there was one year that i read 300 books
0: 300 books in one year
1: yeah oh my um, god I, mean, I read you, very fast.
0: <laughs> oh yeah well that's good so we have like this super fast reader here um because for for the christmas episode my friend asked me to put it on christmas he said that book he he presented took him one year to read so one book a year and here on the other side we have the contrast of 300 books a year Mm -hmm. that's like almost a book a day so of course this kindle read as much as you want buffet is perfect for someone like you
1: yeah because (laughs) if i decided to you know buy every book that i read i would be poor I <laughs> no, so I, I I mean I'm fortunate that I have access to all these books and sometimes I read classics but you know a lot of the books that I read are just not very good it takes a little bit of time to find authors that you like it takes some time to kind of hunt down that perfect book um so and I'm also the kind of person who when I start reading a book it might be really, really bad, but I have to see how it ends, you know, because I'm so curious. Um, Mm. In the past few years, I've decided, you know, if I cannot get through the first, you know, 30 or 50 pages, you know, if, if the character, I don't like the character, if it's poorly written or poorly edited, I mean, because I'm a writer, you know, that is too much of a hurdle for me to cross. So I, I've decided to, just stop reading when it doesn't make any sense for me anymore
0: yeah i mean nowadays we have the amount of quality available mm-hmm. so you can go somewhere else uh, and this yeah for you as an editor and writer it's of course a different level uh where i probably read it and you're like oh my god how can you read that but <laughs> you see how it's edited this is terrible uh-huh. um, yeah, and I it's was a work
1: injury, I call it. You know, it's you pay attention to little things and you get annoyed by little things, yeah.
0: But it's like for me when uh, when we started this conversation, I can see that you're not really centered in between these two pictures. <laughs> now you <move>. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but that's more because I'm a visual person. Uh, mm-hmm. That doesn't mean that all my visual art is kind of on the level I want it to be, but of course I see things um Not so much when I read, <laughs> I mean, I see the story, right, but I do not see yeah. the editing or the poor writing uh, so when when you're going back to the story what what was in my mind, you said you just enjoyed to see how these three siblings were able to to thrive after all that, what happened to them so So when did we look at the story? How much time has passed, and how old were these kids? Or in the thirties, forties, 50s? they
1: were young. They were young. I mean, when the story starts, they were young, and then it it's kind of a um, you know reflective piece that goes back to the a re- reflective narrative that goes back to their childhood, and now they're adults. Okay. Uh, so it spans over several decades. Yeah.
0: Okay, so you can you actually see them in there or read about them when they're working and mm-hmm. how they got over all this trauma and how and i remember and i remember our talk in um oh don't remember july august somewhere or june (laughs) and then i just remembered yes that was camille with the crime stories and the vampire stories
1: yes yes
0: (laughs) so of course i should have just tuned more into me uh so i wouldn't have been so surprised but just the first thing is that i was like okay so The people, I I will of course link this one to the first episode so you can listen because we were talking actually about books Mm -hmm. and about um, what was it, these vampire story series on whatever shows you're watching. (laughs) That people want to learn more about that. I'm more curious about books in general. Mm -hmm. You say 300 books and you would mention in Kindle. Are you reading ever? Are you consuming? content book content in another way or is it just like kindle
1: kindle
0: kindle and is it the physical kindle or is it like kindle app on the computer
1: no it's a physical kindle um i actually well now i don't have it with me it's actually charging (laughs) Uh, but i do have it with me everywhere i go pretty much Um, i found after reading so many years on a kindle and on screens That it takes a little bit of an adjustment to get back to reading like a paperback or a hardback. So, um, I also unfortunately have discovered that whatever I read on a screen, I tend to forget a lot more than if I have it on paper. Um, I, you know, that's just how my brain processes and retains information. And that's probably why, well, I've always been a very, very fast reader. I mean, I remember sitting in a classroom and, you know, in second or third grade and just waiting for people to be done with their books. And I was just like, because I had already finished. So I was always a super fast reader. And, you know, some of the teachers didn't believe that I did my reading. They thought that I was just lying. Uh, But that was That wasn't the case. I'm able to consume information very, very fast. That's always been a thing in my life.
0: So that was basically an indication for you which path to take in life, I guess, if you're consuming so fast. That's helping editing and all that kind of written work.
1: Yeah, you know, actually, my mother told me a really interesting story. So... When I grew up, I was in a Finnish kindergarten, so my first language is Finnish. I grew up in a Finnish family. My parents came from Finland but i 've always I was born in Sweden I' would always consider myself Swedish. so when I was about four years old my you know my my first language was Finnish, and my mom took me to a little a store because I wanted to get candy after kindergarten. <laughs> And I said to my mom, I turned to her and I said, Mom, um, I want to do it myself. I want to ask the lady, the cashier, uh, for my candy. So my mom said in her broken Swedish, she said, Okay, say this. So as a four-year-old, you know, I mimicked her and said to the cashier, I want, you know, I want candy. Here's, you know, five kroner or whatever. But the cashier didn't understand what I was saying. Maybe she wasn't hearing me. And I, my mom said that I felt so frustrated that I couldn't communicate. So a, a tear was coming down my cheek because I, I couldn't make myself understood. And I was so frustrated that I couldn't convey what I was trying to say. This, this lady just didn't understand me. So after that, I said to my mom, I wanna go to a Swedish kindergarten. I need to learn the language. Obviously not as articulate. And my mom actually had to say, revelation she she said i don't want my children to never be able to not be understood so at age four i went to swedish kindergarten and that was a whole debacle because the teachers and the child psychologists that were involved they said you're taking away her safety you know she she needs the safety but my mom said she wants to learn a different language she wants to be able to communicate so I think that it was so early on in my life that I realized I want to be able to communicate with people. So I need to learn the language and that, you know, I started reading, my mom actually told me also that I was a very early reader and started reading everything, everything on milk cartons to just signs at the stores and I really demanded every night that I would get like a nighttime story that she would read to me. So huh. it's, it's always been um, this way for me.
0: Yeah. Nighttime stories. We we tried that. I was reading Heidi because we got in the school, there's the Fiskedam. I don't know if you have the same in Sweden where you have like these different yeah. gifts in uh, now for the international listeners, because most are Americans I've seen on my after and then the danes um it's like you have like probably a swimming pool or something you just put a barrier around and then you put the gifts and you have a uh how you call it a
1: fishing rod fishing rod yeah
0: (laughs) fiskestange.
1: oh wow that's so old school
0: (laughs) yeah and then you you fish out your, your gifts and so my my daughter was fishing out heidi and i'm swiss and that's a Swiss story written in Danish. So I was tell, reading that story to her. But I have never really gotten to really have it like, like you know, like everyday goodnight story read in our family. She actually loves to listen to Circle Around podcast, where it's mm-hmm. children's stories. She loves that. My son doesn't love it so much. She's nine and a half. He's shortly seven. So that's interesting that you just enjoyed as a kid to be read to.
1: Yeah, it's funny because, you know, uh, going to a kindergarten in, in, in Sweden, you know, you have nap time, you have story time. So while you're trying to nap, you have a, what, what I did, they have like a cassette tape that they would play with stories about Emil um, in That's the one I really remember, you know. Austri- what, what, what's
0: that What's that in English?
1: I don't even know. It, <laughs> i in Lönneberg by Astrid Lindgren, who was a very famous Swedish writer. Um, so I remember never being able to kind of relax and sleep, but I loved listening to, to stories. Um, same time with story time when I started school, you know, we would sit, especially in the winter, it was dark. You would sit there with a candle by your little desk and you would listen to the teacher read a story. I love that
0: i do not know if they do that in my kids school and i do not remember if we had that but it just sounds cozy it just sounds like wow i just just see the kids huddle in a corner actually instead of just sitting for yourself on that desk um like have like this little sleeping corner with puffets uh, like like cushions and all that stuff and then all the kids would sit there and the teacher comes and then reads ah that could be nice um so so you were just very attentive in this in this slavity in this uh, relaxed time mm-hmm.
1: yeah <laughs> my brain never stops working you know i've always had that problem you know it's a, um, I, I sometimes i say i think too much i feel too much um but also like you know daydreaming was a huge thing for me because i was often very bored in school um probably because I thought everything was so easy. So I would just daydream and make up my own stories. You know, I was always working on a a little story in my head. And then when I actually had paper and pen, I would, you know, hurry up and write it down so I wouldn't forget.
0: Do you still have some of those stories?
1: I'm not sure, but I do remember some of them. Yeah.
0: You should uh, write them down for you, like children's stories. Well, I do
1: have them. So I started keeping a journal when I was very young, maybe eight or nine, like a little diary. So it's fascinating to read, you know, 35 years later or 30 years later and see, you know, where did this, you know, like to look back and see like, okay, certain things like, oh, you know, my, my love for storytelling. Where did that come from? And did I document that? And, and I really did. I really did, you know the first entries on my diary, of course, like today I ate hot dogs with grandma, you know, school was boring or school was fun. Um, and then they became more as I became a, um, you know, a teenager, you know, 13, uh, there was a little bit more drama with friends, with boys, you know, school, things like that. And just, you know, um, growing up, um, Uh, yeah a lot of drama a lot of uh, angst and uh just teenage stuff
0: (laughs) yeah it helps you to understand yourself and others better i guess when you read it that you went through it and it's opening some doors um as many say the body keeps the score right so these different feelings are stored somewhere, but because you have this journal where you write about it, you probably can open some of those doors and feel it, mm-hmm. and by that be more, as our common friend Patrick says, sympathetic. So mm-hmm. understand people, but not take their energies.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Because uh, if you're empathic, then you also take their energies, and you don't want that. It, it's really beautiful and see that that you have always been there. So you actually are walking your path, because it's from a very early age on you, you did that. And it, it's a very important message that daydreaming is not something bad. It just means that your brain is actually going into this alpha theta stage of meditation, where the real creativity comes in, where the, you know, the godly or the intuition, the whatever comes into you and manifests by um, thoughts. We, so many of us, me included are just told like, Oh, you're daydreaming again. Now you are getting serious right um and we forget about that but it's so important and that you were I so think, fast
1: huh? yeah i'm sorry i don't want to interrupt you go
0: ahead <laughs> then i was thinking of your um of your story that you're sitting there done with reading and of course whatever class you had you must have been absorbing the information fast so you were faster done with everything. But how comes that you were able to read that fast at such an early age?
1: I have no idea. Are
0: you just I looking at no pictures? Idea. Is it like the I mean that's what I'm reading because I try to learn reading fast, Jim Quick, Tim Ferris, whatever. They have all their tricks and somehow it works for me and then I fall back <laughs> to, to my standard reading. But they also yeah. see it's yeah. like it's not the letters you should look at. It's kind of like the words. And when you get really fast, it's basically the sentence you see. In a
1: yeah, um, I'm actually very grateful for this skill because I'm able to kind of uh, create context very fast by just pulling, you know, uh, just a few words together. Um, what's really interesting is that when I grew up, when I was not you know, when I was a child, up until third grade, I had very, very bad vision. So I actually didn't know it um i could not see the blackboard you know back then we had blackboards so i thought i was stupid <laughs> i thought that there was something wrong with me but i couldn't articulate it i teachers would call on me and ask me to read things on the blackboard and i i thought i there was something wrong with me because i couldn't see so and i still to this day have very very bad vision i mean and, it's considered legally blind so if i take my contacts out i i cannot see more than maybe this much wow so i don't know if how i developed this what i call my my superpower because i just i just had it and i guess you have you have your book close and you read but I'm thinking, had it been, you know, had I been a child today where you have a screen and you have a little bit of a distance, I don't think I would have been able to do so well in school because I wouldn't have been able to see. I mean, I would have had to be like, <laughs> in this close, you know. Like the
0: five, 10 centimeters for the audio listeners.
1: Yeah. You show like
0: <laughs> five, 10 centimeters. But, exactly. but, but I was just thinking, if you have to book that close to be actually able to see the letters, isn't it then harder to speed read because you're so close to it?
1: I I wish I could remember, but I, I don't remember. It was so long ago. Uh I yeah. I mean I didn't get glasses until third grade. So I went through life in this kind of haze and not being able to see anything.
0: Wow, that must have been like, whoa, I didn't know life looks that
1: contours yeah. and
0: everything. So everything must be like mixing together when you don't have glasses or lenses.
1: Yeah, it's uh, when I take my contacts out, um, I'm I'm blind as a bat, you know, it's it's I could I could literally I joke about it, but I could literally I don't think I could walk outside. Uh, I would get hit by a car. I wouldn't be able to see the ground. I mean, it's a real disability. Uh, luckily, there are I have glasses and contacts. So I never have to worry about that. Uh, but when I had I had a vision. Um, I had a an exam for my vision and I had to have my pupils dilated uh, because they check your retina and things like that. So I couldn't have my contacts. I couldn't have my glasses. I had to get a, home from that appointment and I couldn't see. So actually what I did was I managed to get home. I managed to get a, a cab home. This is in Washington DC. And then I opened the big glass door to our building and because I didn't see how open it was, or something, I actually, uh, you know, closed it on my heel and got a, And I still to this day have a big scar like this, and it bled like crazy, because I just, you know, you're disoriented when you can't really see, so uh, your spatial, you know, awareness is off. Uh, yeah,
0: it's really it's fascinating that you are reading that much that you got fascinated by reading, but you have this disability this that makes you kind of like a superwoman. If you, you know what I mean? Many would be discouraged to actually read or draw or do any of, of, of kind of visual work. They would focus more on the audio part. They would probably be DJ or musicians because mm-hmm. that can be, you know, you can feel it when you play the piano or the guitar or something like that, and you can hear it because now you don't have the visuals. So you must have, I don't know. Put some extra hurdles on your natural gifts.
1: (laughs) Yeah, you know, I also have, I also have a very good sense of smell. So my (sighs) husband always jokes, like, you must have developed that as a some sort of survivor uh, mechanism because you can't see. And I mean, my sense of smell is incredible. Like, I could, I don't know how I could monetize that or make money off that, but. I've always, yeah, so my vision is really poor, but my sense of smell is really, be, is really really great. And my reading abilities are, you know, superhuman.
0: <laughs> yeah, so, so how how fast are you reading? Is it like in the thousand words per minute? Is it like you go zigzag or did you just see the page and next page and next page?
1: I I, I don't know. I've never measured it, Um I would say that I can read probably, I mean, a couple, it would take me a couple of hours to read like, well, let's say, I'm not sure. You know, I have to look at that. Like (laughs) like a book that's 300 pages, maybe three, four hours, I think. I'm not, I'm not.
0: Three thousand, like one hour for a hundred pages.
1: Yeah. Sounds about right. I mean, I could be completely off. I've, I've never tried to measure it. Yeah.
0: But you it just fast. Um,
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> um, okay. Uh, so I'm actually su- surprised you do not like the paper when you have such a good smell. Um, you know, some people say they just love the smell of the books. When oh, I know.
1: The, I, the as a journalist and storyteller, I, I I could live without that. I don't need <laughs> paper. <laughs>
0: You have to smell otherwise. So super,
1: exactly, exactly.
0: Super. So we try to keep this episode short because I know we can go much longer. I mean, you open the door for so many discussions, (laughs) but it's it's about books. Um, We know now. To to summarize it, you read about you have read three hundred books once a year. you got into this, you, you like these crime stories, I remember, and you like vampire stories. <laughs> you read a lot of books which are boring and dark, And you have the, the new technique. If it doesn't catch your by 50 pages editorial, writing style or character building, you stop mm-hmm. it now. And uh, you used Kindle All Excess, <laughs> whatever it's called.
1: Yes, Kindle Unlimited, yes.
0: <laughs> Unlimited, because otherwise, yeah. And, and I also can see if you read 300 pay, uh, books a year, you do not want to buy them physically.
1: Right. I don't have that space, you know, no, and because... also because I'm, you know, traveling a lot. I'm a digital nomad, so yeah. I can't have my library with me.
0: <laughs> a little caravan just for the books. <laughs> <All> right. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I love it. And now we have gone from your childhood. And... And you do not remember, unfortunately, there's no tips for people to learn how to read fast because you're not remembering it. But if you do remember, you come back to me and we'll make a short show with Camille yes. Tutti-Frutti. The ice <laughs> cone, right? That was... Uh,
1: ice cream in, cone, yeah. Tutti. Or putti, in, in, Finnish. in Finnish. In American, it's just Tutti.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Tutti-Frutti. That's what you call yourself. The digital nomad, which found some work in the U.S., how can people reach out to you if they say they want to hear more than that?
1: Oh wow. Yeah, they can connect with me on LinkedIn. Uh they can reach out to me. Should I give my email address? It's uh it's Camille at com. So my last name is T U U T T I and then Fruity, like the candy or you know, the Italian term Tutti Fruity. Because yeah. I I'm a writer. I like to play with words. So Tutti Frutti Strategies is my consulting business where I focus on um, really uh, overhauling editorial content for Fortune 500 tech companies, mostly, and news organizations.
0: And is there any book you've been writing? Ghostwriting or self? You
1: know what? This is, I, I don't know if I mentioned to you that I am working on a memoir and this is actually breaking news for you. This is an exclusive. So I'm actually starting a podcast focused Ooh. on people's stories. Um, Yes, so my co-host and I, actually Sharon Tiger, who, oh, you know, yeah.
0: She didn't answer for my quest for the Advent calendar. So oh, she,
1: should... she has a lot going on right now um yeah so she and i are starting a podcast next year so um i can't tell you that much but it's going to be about ordinary people telling their extraordinary stories about survivor survival um and really working through and thriving despite pain trauma and tragedy so
0: wow
1: that's that's
0: that's why you chose the book almost
1: i'm interested in people's stories you know i don't need to read fiction i can you know just by looking at my network i can uh find people with incredible stories of how they've overcome uh really really hard challenges you know and people open up to me i mean i'm a, I'm a journalist but you know that's the first thing i am really journalist and and storyteller. So, people open up to me you know i i've had uh i actually had a a woman a friend um who opened up to me when i told her the podcast idea that she was uh, raped when she was 18 and she had never told anyone uh, and especially not her family because she thought that they would blame her um i've heard other stories of survival and just you know people who pretty much just trounce the odds and manage to take their pain and turn that into um, something, you know, to success. And actually, instead of, you know, um, being a victim, they became survivors. So that's what the podcast will focus on.
0: Breaking news. I didn't know that. <laughs> so.
1: Exclusive for you. Yeah. Only a handful of people know that we're doing this.
0: Yeah, so if you're able to share this episode with many, then uh, more than a handful will know about that breaking news. Mm-hmm. And, of course, as soon as I have the link to that uh, podcast with you and Sharon, I will, of course, link it to this one and to the episode we did in the summer. So right. thank you so much for your sh- storytelling. And, thank you um, for
1: listening.
0: <laughs> yes, everything worked out fine. And your listeners, yeah, you come again tomorrow. Well, now we have the cat in the background uh, for the ones which see a video. Come tomorrow, share, uh, listen to the next episode. And if you liked it, please leave some messages to me or to Camille. And with that, ho ho, Merry Christmas. Oh, ho
1: ho ho. <laughs>